Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Zechariah 13:9, and I will bring the third part, or the one-third, through the fire, and will refine them as silver is refined, and will try them as gold is tried. Now let me just pause and say, we all know how silver is refined. We all know how gold is tried by fire. They shall call on my name, and I will hear them. I will say, it is my people, and they shall say, the Lord is my God. So the term, my people, which starts here in Exodus 3-7, is very, very important. And the term, my people, denotes ownership. And that is when God sets his love on Israel, that he also sets especially a compassion for their suffering. That's why it says in Zechariah 2-8, for thus saith the Lord of hosts, after the glory hath he sent me unto the nations which spoiled you, he that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. Now, ownership has a cost, and in order to adopt the Jewish people, God broke the Egyptians, as he said in Exodus 19:4. Ye have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings and brought you unto myself. My people means, when God says my people, that means that God has adopted this people to be his own people, as it says in Deuteronomy 14.2. The Lord hath chosen thee to be a peculiar people unto himself. That's for sure. Above all the nations that are upon the earth. Now, when God chose to adopt the Jewish people, he explained why he chose the Jewish people among other people. Look down, God looks down, and he has a choice, and he chooses to adopt the Jewish people. And so he explains why. And he says in Deuteronomy 7, 6, the Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, because he would keep the oath which he sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. So the Jewish people, it is explained here, were not chosen because they were numerous. God called them the fewest. In Deuteronomy 
7-7, for you were the fewest of all people. It's clear that in the Bible that the Jewish people were not chosen because they would not complain. God called them murmurers in Numbers 14-27. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation, God said, which murmur against me? For I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. The Jewish people were not chosen because they would be obedient. God called them a rebellious people in Isaiah 39, that this is a rebellious people. And in Jeremiah 5, 23, referring to the Jewish people, God said, but this people hath a revolting and a rebellious heart. They have revolted and gone. The Jewish people were not chosen because they were truthful. God called them a lying people in Isaiah 30, verse 9. That this is a rebellious, lying children, children that will not hear the law of God. The Jewish people were not chosen because they would listen to God. God called them people that stopped their ears in Zechariah 7, 11. But they refused to hearken and pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. They were not chosen because they would be loyal to God. God called them unfaithful as an adulteress. In Jeremiah 3.01, he, he said to, about them, thou hast played the harlot with many lovers, yet return again to me, saith the Lord. They were not chosen because they would be righteous, before God, God called them a sinful nation laden with iniquities in Isaiah 1-4, where God said, ah, sinful nation, a people laden with iniquities, a seed of evildoers, children that are corruptors, they have forsaken the Lord, they have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger, they are gone away backward. So, if God didn't choose them, because they were the most numerous. If God didn't choose them, because they wouldn't complain. If God didn't choose them, because they would be obedient, because they would be truthful, because they would listen to God, because they would be loyal to God, because they would be righteous. It turns out that God didn't choose them for any of those reasons. Then why? Why did God choose the Jewish people to be his people? He said so in Deuteronomy 7, 8, which we read. Because the Lord loved you and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers. Every reason for why God chose the Jewish people is not found in the Jewish people. It's found in the God of Israel. It's found in his enormous heart of love. It's found in his everlasting faithfulness to the promise that he made to Abraham. That's why. That's wonderful. The Jewish people are the beneficiaries. It's wonderful, and God, through Moses, wanted them to think about that. He wanted them to consider it. So he said in Deuteronomy 4, 7, he asks them, he challenges them, he stimulates their mind. He says, think about this, Moses says, what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? 
But with this title, my people, comes a special protection also. As he said in Deuteronomy 33, 27, the eternal God, Moses told the Jewish people, the eternal God is thy refuge. And underneath are the everlasting arms. He shall thrust out the enemy from before thee and shall say, destroy them. So it is for us also who have received the Lord Jesus Christ, like he adopted the Jewish people, he adopts us who come to the Lord Jesus Christ, whether Jew or Gentile. As he said in Romans 8, 15, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And as it was for the Jewish people, so it is for believers, the protection, the special protection afforded to his adopted ones, where he says in Romans 8, 38 and 39, for I persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. In John 10, 27 through 28, he speaks, you can hear these words, the same God who said, my people, he says, now my sheep, my people, my sheep, he says, hear my voice, I know them, they follow me, I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. But one of the greatest verses in which the term my people is found is spoken in the context of the greatest protection that God provides for his people, whether Jew or Gentile, and it's found in that great chapter, Isaiah 53 and verse eight, where it says, Speaking of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. So in this verse, God looks at the greatest obstacle that stands in the pathway of his people, and that's their transgression. And God knows that for every single one of us, Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, 6 is a truth that hangs over us like a sword where it says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And then it says, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That means that every single one of us, every single one of us has sinned. Every single one of us has this enormous problem of transgressions. So when any person, Jew or Gentile, it doesn't matter, turns to God to receive him as Lord, then that person becomes a part of who God calls my people. Then the sacrifice of God, the effective sacrifice of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the effective sacrifice of God, he is applied, that sacrifice is applied for their sins. The blood, which he said in Leviticus 17:11, was given on the altar to make an atonement for sins, for it's the blood that maketh an atonement for the sins. The blood of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the effective blood of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
is then applied to their sins. And that's why God says in Isaiah 53, 8, for the transgressions of my people was he stricken. So the title of my people is very important, and it reflects this new relationship, this new relationship. But the relationship is reflected from God's side when it says my people. But that new relationship is also seen from the my people side as well. And just as from God's side, the new relationship was seen as God refers to the Jewish people as my people, so now from the people's side, the new relationship is seen as for the people of God. God is no longer referred to as just God, but now comes this new term also, which starts in the book of Exodus, and that is the term, the Lord thy God. That's the term, the Lord thy God. That's a new term, the Lord thy God. It starts along with my people in the book of Exodus. And this new term, the Lord thy God, will be used nearly 300 times in the Old Testament. And the majority of those times is the book, the book of Moses, where Moses wants the people to really reflect, really consider on what it means to be my people and what it means to be able to say, the Lord thy God, and that's the book of Deuteronomy. And so that's why we find the majority, 200 out of 300 times, of this new term, the Lord thy God, being used in the book of Deuteronomy because it reflects the special relationship. My people, the Lord thy God. Two-way street, back and forth. From now on, God calls the Jewish people my people. From now on, the Jewish people have God referred to as the Lord thy God. And that's the way it is with us, the same way. From receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, a new term starts for us of believers, which starts in the book of Acts, and it goes on for 54 times in the Bible. A special term, a special term. I'm not referring to the term believers. A special term begins in the book of Acts. It's used 54 times throughout the rest of the Bible. And just as for the Jewish people, God is not just God, but he is the Lord thy God, so it is for believers that he's not just the Lord Jesus Christ, but he is our Lord Jesus Christ. So verse seven of Exodus three is a tremendous change for the Jewish people from just being the people of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to now being God's people, now being the people that God refers to as my people, that's a very great change for the Jewish people. It's a big difference. The Jewish people before Exodus 3-7 versus the Jewish people after Exodus 3-7. The Jewish people before Exodus 3-7, just the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The Jewish people after Exodus 3-7 are now, as far as God is concerned, referred to as my people. So Exodus 3-7 is a very important line in the sand with two very important sides, critical sides. On one side of Exodus 3-7, the before side of Exodus 3-7, the Jewish people are not God's people. On the other side of Exodus 3-7, the after side of Exodus 3-7, the Jewish people are referred to by God as my people, God's people. In the same way, John 1.12 is like Exodus 3.7. 
John 1.12, like Exodus 3.7, is the line in the sand. It has a before John 1.12 side. It has an after John 1.12 side. Here's John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power or authority to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. See, for each of us, each one of us, whether we're Jew, whether we're Gentile, John 1.12 is the line in the sand with the before John 1.12 side and the after John 1.12 side. Just like Exodus 3.7 with the term my people is for the Jewish people, the line in the sand with the before Exodus 3.7 side and the after the 3.7, Exodus 3.7 side. So John 1.12 speaks of each person's personal, individual, and determined decision whether or not to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Before John 1.12, everyone is in the same boat as the majority of the Jewish people. And they are referred to, the before side of John 1.12, are referred to in John 1.11, the verse before, where it says he came unto his own and his own received him not. So on that before side of John 1.12, which is the verse 11, Everyone is without the Lord Jesus Christ. They're not receiving him. No one is born having received the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned. Everyone must make their decision to receive him or not. And if they do not receive the Lord Jesus Christ, then they stay on the before John 1.12 side with as is described by the majority of the Jewish people. He came unto his own, his own received him not. But if they do receive the Lord Jesus Christ, then they cross over the line to the after John 1.12 and into a new relationship with God, where just as the Jewish people were referred to as my people after Exodus 3.7, now the believer, whether he's a Jew or whether he's a Gentile, doesn't matter, now from having received the Lord Jesus He's told in John 1.12 that he now has the authority, authority from where? Authority from God, from heaven, to be called a son of God. Just as the Jewish people were first called my people in Exodus 3.7, after receiving the Lord Jesus Christ, a person now is called one of the sons of God. Just as Exodus 3.7 was like the birth of the Jewish people as the people of God, as the my people. So John 1.12, with receiving the Lord Jesus, a person is born as a son of God, born into the family of God. That's why the next verse says, which were born not of blood, but of God. And that new birth comes as a result of John 1.12 on believing on his name. What's the name? that they believe on, that makes them a son of God, that makes them this new birth, that makes this new relationship. The name is the Lord Jesus Christ, broken into three parts. First, they believe on the term the Lord, believing that he is God and receiving him as Lord over my life. Second, they believe on the name Jesus, believing that he is how God saves from sin. Jesus literally means God saved. Believing that he is how God saves from sin and receiving him as my lamb, the lamb of God, 
the effective lamb. And then the last term is Christ, believing on Christ, believing on Messiah, Greek word, Mashiach, Messiah, believing on Christ. What's that mean? It means believing that he is the unique one that God sent from heaven and receiving him as God's messenger to me. So believing and receiving all that we've been talking about in John 1.12 takes a person crossing over the line from before John 1.12 to after John 1.12, believing and receiving all that John 1.12 says about believing on his name, takes a person over the line where he crosses over from the state of lostness, of emptiness, of darkness, of verse 11, John 1.11, of the state of received him not, and it crosses over the line by believing on his name, believing that he is the Lord, he is God, and he's the Lord of my life. Believing that he is Jesus, that he is how God saves from sin, and receiving him as my Savior, my Lamb of God, my effective Lamb of God. Believing on him as Christ, believing he's, as he is the unique one that God sent from heaven, and receiving him as God's messenger to me, that crosses a person over the line from the state of lostness, from the state of emptiness, from the state of darkness, of verse 11, from the state of receiving him not, over onto the other side of the state of being found, of being saved, of having light, of having received him, and having that new title of becoming one of the sons of God, God's people. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, making your salvation so clear, so easy, that even a child, even a child can call on you and confess his sins, his wrongness, and receive you, the mighty God, into, into his or her little heart. And Lord, we thank you that that's the way you planned it. That's the way you want it. Because as you said, Lord Jesus, you thank the Father that he hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto babes. And as you said, Lord Jesus, for even so it seemed good in thy sight. Help everyone who is listening today to be sure that they are not hiding their face in their hands and trembling like Moses. Help everyone who's listening today to hear the words of God as Moses did, to take away their fear and give them the courage to come to God who says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Help everyone that's listening today to take the words of John 1:12 seriously where God says, I want you to be a part of my people. I want you to be one of the sons of God. I want you to believe on my name. Help them, Lord, to believe on the name of Lord and make you the Lord of their lives. Help them, Lord, to believe on the name Jesus and to say, you are God's way to save me from my sins and I receive you as my effective Lamb of God. Help them, Lord, to believe on the name Christ, to realize that God sent his Son to them. And that, Lord, the Bible is the words of his Son. And help them, Lord, to open 
the door of their heart, because one thing's for sure, whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you for hearing us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 